Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Let's do it on a Tuesday. I have to keep saying that because I forget it's Tuesday. Four-day work week for the win. Once again, still undefeated. That four-day work week is the best thing going. Welcome to it, everybody. It's another edition of After 9. Uh, Friday's podcast has still got me riveted. I had a great time on Friday. If you did not hear that episode, Giovanni Rocco from... Giovanni Rocco, I I forget what the name of the book is. In any case, it's in the interview. It's going to be great. And we have uh, another interview at the end of this podcast. We're going to talk about the new show on history, Big Timber. It's about trees, right? Trees? (laughs) That's usually timber. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Why didn't they just call it Big Wood? That might have uh, intrigued some people. Did you think that was like a nickname for something? I mean, do you usually hear someone else say something about Big Timber and you think it's something different? Or how's that work? No, no. Timber is fairly self-explanatory, Kat. Okay. self-explanatory. All right. Also coming up in this episode of After 9, I want to talk about the hot, steaming pile of bullshit that came from Christine Elliott and Doug fucking Ford on Friday Fuck you, Doug. about increasing capacity limits for the big corporations like MLSE, but leaving restaurants and gyms and all those places, the small businesses, completely out to dry. That is coming up. First off, has your dog ever embarrassed you, Cat? Little Leo, has he ever done something where you thought, oh, fuck, mm-hmm. this is mortifying? Mm-hmm. What did he do? Yeah, you know, sometimes if I'm out for a walk with him mainly, like he doesn't tend to embarrass me very often. He's very cute, lovable, very friendly, fine. But it does happen occasionally where I'm on a walk around the neighborhood and I'm in the middle of a conversation with a neighbor. Or they're just like, oh, hey, how's it going? Good, yeah. And then obviously he can't help it. When you got to go, you got to go. That's what a walk is for. And he'll pick that exact moment to take a big shit on someone's lawn as I'm talking to them on their property, you know, and I try my best to not have that happen, but it does happen now and again. And obviously I bring a bag and everything's fine there and they don't seem upset, but still, couldn't you wait? Couldn't you shit on a neighbor? I don't like salon. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. There's certain neighbors where, yeah, it's pretty good. You know, get, get a little bit in their garden, get some on the lawn. No problem. But there's some people I get it. You'd rather the dog just sit there and wait until the conversation is over. That would be embarrassing Uh, for me. Every now and again, when Charlie eats people food, he gets the farts and his are so bad it could clear out a room. And I'm like, yeah, oh, fuck. I'm sorry, but I did tell you don't fucking feed him from the table. (laughs) So this happens, especially over Thanksgiving weekend. But this is a different kind of embarrassing. It's a thread from Reddit. A woman decided to share her story. She took her Rottweiler to the vet because the dog wasn't feeling well. And then at some point in this appointment, the dog was given something to induce vomiting. It had swallowed something. And you've got the vet there and you've got the vet tech and probably the person who works reception. Everybody's there. There's towels down on the floor waiting for this dog to puke. Uh. And what comes out? A big, giant, double-ended pink vibrator. No. The dog got into the top drawer and Shit. swallowed the vibrator. How did he swallow? Was it like a? Po- I'm sorry. Was this a pocket rocket or did you say inches? Like this was inches big. I'm gonna guess this is about an eight incher cat. Wow! It swallowed it whole. 
Like, think of somebody with no gag reflex. They can put a lot of shit down their throat. The dog did the same thing. He swallowed the whole fucking vibrator. Now, the woman filming it, she was just happy that her dog is okay, and I think we can all agree on that. As long as the dog's okay, we can deal with the embarrassment. This poor vet tech looks like she's going to puke because the dog puked and he puked up her vibrator. At what point does it set into you, though? Oh, good. Thank God. My dog's going to be okay. Oh, shit. Now everybody here is just staring at my vibrator. Do I pick it up? Do I just cover it and throw it out for them? Do I leave it for them to clean up and let somebody else touch my vibe? What do you do in that scenario? Okay, first of all, that is so embarrassing. And it's almost, it reminds me of like if you're, even if your child or your dog, for example, went into your, you know, underwear drawer and you're in the middle of having like people over and they come out swinging it around, right? Or something like that. It is totally embarrassing. But of course, in that moment, you're probably thinking about, you know, the health and safety of your dog. A dog shouldn't be swallowing a vibrator. Like that's pretty fucking intense. Like that's next level. So I would be relieved, like, hey, my dog's going to be fine, puked up my vibrator, and then I'd realize, holy shit, that's a vibrator, and my veterinarian is staring at me going, what in the fuck? So, yeah, I mean, I'd probably be upset if, for example, you know, first of all, they never, did they not realize that they were missing it? And if so, like, then maybe that vibrator was feeling lonely. Maybe she'd have used it more and you would have realized it was gone sooner. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe you need to spend a little more time on yourself in order to realize that, uh, you know, that that was gone. Um, no, I mean, that would have been hilarious. I would have loved to see a funny reaction where, you know, in embarrassing moments like that, and maybe you've never had one to the equivalent of that. I thankfully have not. But I'd like to try to make it funny. You know, like I'd be like, oh, fuck, that was a limited edition bunny ear version. <laughs> <laughs> I know? was wondering where the fuck I put that. I was on the wait list for six weeks for that thing. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Oh, shit. Can you imagine, though? Big pink vibrator just laying there on the floor. And how did that dog do it without chewing it? That's one hell of a throat on that dog if it can swallow an 8-inch double-ended vibrator. Jesus. Kat, they say young people are not drinking nearly as much coffee as they used to. They did the annual survey on our consumption, and they found that with Gen Z, Those are the youngest adults right now. With the adults amongst Gen Z, 63% never drink coffee. 33% of millennials never drink coffee, almost the same amount as Gen X, and a little under a third of baby boomers never drink coffee. Let me just say, if you've made a choice to not drink coffee, I respect it. I don't know how the fuck you did it, but I respect it. I just don't know how you continue that on a day-to-day basis when coffee has got some of those essentials in it that we need sometimes, particularly after a long weekend. How many people woke up this morning coming off Thanksgiving and thought, I need a coffee right fucking now? About a third of the population and and two-thirds of the youngest adults never drink coffee. Never drink coffee. So what are they on all energy drinks? Is it pop in the morning? Well, like you got to need you need caffeine at some point, don't you? Well, that's the thing is I think when you say coffee and you assume you put you always put two and two together with coffee and caffeine, but that's not necessarily it. Yes, you can get caffeine many other places. I knew a girl, she stopped doing it, thank God for her own health. She used to drink Pepsi every morning and she'd come to class, and I'm talking about college, with a cold Pepsi 
Our class could be at 8 a.m. and she was drinking a Pepsi. I know there might be people listening that do this. I don't understand it. I don't get it. But that was her caffeine because she didn't like the taste of coffee, but she still wanted caffeine. I'm not sure if that's what they're all doing, but there are other ways to get the caffeine. Um, There could be some tea drinkers. Tea has lower amounts usually of caffeine, uh, but still there's other ways. And some people don't like the taste of coffee, which I don't understand <laughs> personally. Yeah, but I don't get people, that either. Yeah, some people don't get it. Also, some it does take people a while to get into coffee. I don't know. For me, I, it started with, I think a lot of people might be on the same boat here. It started with a very sweet, you know, cappuccino. And for me, I'm like, cappuccino is amazing. Super sugary, like not great for you, like that kind of cappuccino. And then it evolved from there. It was like, okay, this is getting too sweet for me. Maybe I'll move on to a, you know, a double, double. And then a, you know, then a regular. And next thing you know, I don't want any sugar in my coffee at all. It does take time. Is there nothing to that too? Especially when you're younger, your taste buds evolve a little bit. I mean, sure they do. I mean, I I don't think there's many people that are born with a taste for beer, but it certainly does evolve over time. And I think coffee's the same way. I'm just wondering, I mean, these are real young adults. These are the ones who are just turning 18 and 19. Is it possible they just misunderstood the question? Like, hey, do you drink coffee? (laughs) No. I drink lattes. Oh, well, okay, fuck. It's the same thing. Right, right. Maybe it was all in how we asked the question. Right, yeah. Uh, Let's see here. Kim Kardashian was great on SNL this weekend. Yeah. You got a bit of that highlight there? You know, my father was and still is such an influence and inspiration to me, and I credit him with really opening up my eyes to racial injustice. It's because of him that I met my first black person. (laughs) Want to take a stab in the dark at who it was? Um, I know it's sort of weird to remember the first black person you met, but OJ does leave a mark. Or several. Or none at all. I still don't know. She was good. And I'm thinking to myself, Kim, I give you a lot of credit and you know your strengths and weaknesses. Writing comedy is not one of your strengths. So I'm wondering who wrote that for you? (laughs) Who did it? I don't know. um, I don't know if they've even answered to this rumor. I I didn't really follow up, but I did hear that Chris Rock, who was also there, um, who had a little guest role in one of the in one of the skits. Helped her write it. She also said beforehand, um, before she went on SNL, that she talked to Kanye about a couple of things just to get his thoughts and his take. He actually apparently really likes the impression. And I forget what the name of the cast member that does it. He does a great Kanye West. He does such a good Kanye West, that cast member. But apparently he was, he likes it. Like Kanye really likes when this guy plays Kanye. So he did in, uh, it was the People's Court when she plays her sister, Courtney. That was Kanye, and then apparently Chris Rock helped with the monologue. I don't know if that's true. I would believe it, though, because it was pretty good. There were a lot of OJ jokes in there, and I enjoyed every second of that. Caitlyn Jenner jokes even popped up. So <laughs> I, don't, I, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Let's go back to uh, right before the holiday long weekend. Two things I want to touch on. Before we get to our interview, we do have a special guest in this episode of After 9. It is Kevin and Sarah from Big Timber. On History Channel, the season premiere, season two, is coming up on Thursday night. So we will talk to Kevin and Sarah coming up in a minute. But first off, Peel Police released this on Friday morning. It is another tale of what not to do with the 911 system. 911, can you police Hello? fire or ambulance? Yeah, I need an ambulance, please. You need the ambulance? No, I need the uh, police. Well, then why did you say you need ambulance? 
I didn't say ambulance. I said I need police. Okay. You have the police. Yeah. Where is the emergency? Actually, the thing is that I have to pee, and these guys are not moving. You have to pee. Yeah. This is your emergency that you have to pee? Yeah. And yeah. how are the police going to help you urinate? I have to pee, man. I'm but I'm not sure what you like me to do that you have to urinate. I can't help you with that. I am disconnecting. Thanks. Bye. Wow. You called 911 because you had to pee. Nice work, asshole. Nice work. What the fuck is wrong with people? You know, that's a great question. What is wrong? We'll never get an answer. Will we ever get an answer every time we ask that question on this podcast? Like, what the fuck is wrong with people? No one's ever going to be able to answer us, are they? No, I don't think so. Everything. But, okay, I'm going to guess that this guy probably hasn't been fully briefed on how the 911 system works. And what is it we're always taught? 911 is for emergencies. When you got to pee, there's some people who truly feel that is an emergency. So maybe this is a misunderstanding. Maybe he didn't mean to be a total fucking douche by calling 911 because he had to pee. Maybe he misunderstood that this is the type of emergency that you can call these great people for. No. Was he driving that car? Because someone should take his fucking license away. That's how I feel about it. If you're that fucking dumb, why are you driving a car? These are the kinds of people behind the wheel of a machine that could kill people. Let's put it. Why don't you think about it that way? Like, that's fucked up. That'd be enough to make me, as, like, a police officer, probably call for somebody to assist, and it has nothing to do with you pissing. It has everything to do with you seem really fucking stupid, too dumb for a driver's license. Holy shit. That's a great condemnation. I like that. Yes, I agree with everything you said. Take it away from him, because that's the kind of stupidity that will get a lot of people hurt or in trouble or whatever. He's too dumb to drive. I wish we had that kind of a system in place. Hey, guess what? You're fucking dumb. So we're going to take your license because you're so stupid. Bye. Mm -hmm. The stupid uh, with uh, license withdrawal. I like that, Kat. And you know what? Maybe people would try harder to not be so fucking dumb if they knew they could lose their license for doing it. Good point. Three quick COVID things I want to mention here because there are a couple of developments since the last time we spoke. Drug maker Merck has officially applied to the U.S. FDA to authorize their pill, an oral treatment for COVID-19. They say this would be a new easy-to-use weapon in the world's arsenal against the pandemic. Now, they've done clinical trials on this, and they say that pill cut hospitalizations and deaths by half among patients with early symptoms of COVID. In a way, it's almost like the morning after pill. If you went out and did something last night where you think, "Uh uh-oh, fuck, I might have it, you would pop a pill the next day, and it should minimize your chances of getting seriously ill. Okay. It's kind of like Tamiflu. You know when you're starting to get flu symptoms, you might go (laughs) to the doctor and they, they prescribe Tamiflu. That can mitigate those symptoms, so it's really more just like a cold. It would be the same premise. Sorry, would this be over the counter, did you say? I missed that part. Okay, well, that's the thing. Because you it need wouldn't it quick. Nec- yeah, you do need it quick, but I'm thinking it's probably going to be prescription only. And I'm thinking they might not even allow doctors to prescribe it in doctor's offices. It may be one of those things that they give you when you roll into the ER because you can't breathe. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know how long it's going to take to get this approved. Hopefully it's quickly. And, and it's funny because I did post this on the Scott and Cat Facebook page today. And the first person said, you know what else prevents it? Vaccines. Just get vaccinated. Okay. All right. I do understand that sentiment. But one thing I would say is everything that helps not overwhelm our hospitals and that helps nobody else dying is a good thing. 
And if it's safe and effective, who gives a shit if it's not the vaccine? Let it go. Let it go. Let's use this. Let's use anything that works to help keep our hospital capacity as robust as possible. Yeah, and someone had to corner that market, right? Someone had to take that on. We knew we knew that the Pfizer was all about it and the Moderna was all about the vaccination. That's great. Enter work with a solution from the other angle. And what's wrong with that? It's good to have all those options. Ontario on Friday, quietly, because let's face it, they did not announce this on the Friday before a long weekend because they wanted a lot of publicity for it. You basically announce shit on a Friday afternoon especially the Friday afternoon of a long weekend when you want to sweep it under the rug and sneaky Doug fucking Ford again allows this to happen. Fuck you, Doug! (laughs) They're allowing movie theaters, spectator sporting events like BMO Field and Scotiabank Arena and Rogers Center and several other spaces where proof of COVID vaccination is required to open up at full capacity. Hey, Mm. that's great. That's great. Allow them at full capacity. That tells me that we are way further ahead than where we thought we were going to be at this time. It's not that they increased capacity there that has me angry. What has myself and a lot of other people very angry is the fact that they didn't do a thing for the small businesses. Fuck you, Doug! (laughs) It's all well and good that they want MLSE to sell as many Leaf tickets as possible and as many Argos and Toronto FC tickets as they can and Raptors tickets. But Joe Blow Restaurant is still capped at, I don't know, what, 50% capacity? A little less? Yeah, they get fucked, Scott. But how can Doug Ford, with a straight face, knowing how unpopular it would be to give something else another bonus to big corporations and nothing to small businesses how could he possibly allow this to happen because it's almost cat like this guy is just full-blown hell-bent on shutting these businesses down and he says the opposite all oh, the, the fucking heroes working their backs off and yeah they're the real here small businesses are the heart of the economy then why do you keep Fucking them at every corner, Doug. God damn it. If it's safe enough to put 20,000 people in Scotiabank Arena to watch the Raptors, why can a restaurant that holds 50 people not have 50 people in it? What is the problem here? Mm-hmm. People in Scotiabank Arena or at BMO Field, they're going to take their masks off when they want to take a swig of beer or they pop are. some popcorn or yeah. nachos in and their in mouth. And in between. And in between all of it. I can't seem to understand the, the the exact same thing. I hear you, Scott. And I was, where was I? I was at a couple of different functions over the last, you know, long weekend and the, the last week, really. Restaurant was one of them. I went out for breakfast on um, Sunday morning, actually. And I was looking around thinking the exact same thing. And I'm seeing them still space out and they're doing all the proper things. And I'm thinking, man, they got so fucked. Like it it, to me, but I can go out into a crowd of people and it's okay. I can have a hundred people in my, you know, whatever place and it's okay. I don't know. It just seems like they're behind when it comes to the restaurants. They are. Oh, you know, I mean, restaurants and gyms and other places like that, small businesses with maybe 10 to 20 employees. It's like Doug won't stop punching them in the face. I just, how can you look and say, oh yeah, 20,000 people screaming at the top of their lungs for a leaf goal is safer than people at a restaurant distance from others. They got to wear a mask. If they even get up to pick up their napkin, they've got to wear a mask. 
How on earth can you draw a distinction like that, Doug? How the fuck can you do it? It's insulting to every small business owner that has managed to pay their rent and keep their doors open until now. Last thing I want to mention on this is about AstraZeneca. Bit of good news. The U.S. has clarified that next month when they start accepting fully vaccinated travelers into America, people who got AstraZeneca are going to be included. We handed out AstraZeneca like it was fucking candy back in the spring. We handed it out and we were begging people to take it. Ah, AstraZeneca is the greatest thing in the world. Take it. But it never got approved in America. So people that got AZ were wondering, are we going to be able to go to America? Well, fortunately, the U.S. has decided they will allow anyone fully vaccinated with a vaccine approved by the World Health Organization. AstraZeneca is not approved in America, but it is approved by the World Health Organization. So, yeah, you can go. The problem is we don't really know if you can go if you've got a mixed dose. Remember when the government changed the script again because they fucked it up three times the first time? They said, okay, if you got AstraZeneca, it's perfectly safe to take Moderna or Pfizer as your second dose. Mm -hmm. But in order to be vaccinated with a World Health Organization approved vaccine, you need to have had two identical doses, two doses of the same vaccine. So we don't know if you're going to be able to go to the states. And so far, no one in the federal government can say one way or the other that, yes, if you did what we told you to do, you'll be able to travel to to Disney or to New York or Nashville or wherever it is you're going. It's amazing that people are still left in the lurch by the, like this and and no one is coming out to apologize. Have you yet heard Dr. Tam say yeah, I mean, we still think it's safe. Sorry we gave you that advice because, you know, we thought the rest of the world would adopt it, but so far they haven't. Sorry for the inconvenience. <laughs> not so much as a sorry. No, they're not going to apologize. But why wouldn't they? Mm. Don't they realize that people would be probably a lot more endearing to them if they just admitted they were human and made a mistake? Or is there a liability thing here? Are I they think, just afraid that yeah. as soon as this is done, the lawsuits yeah. are going to pile up? You can't admit that you were wrong. You can't do that for all legal reasons. There's no other explanation for it, Scott, in my mind, other than legally speaking, they are bound to just say certain things and dismiss other things and not even answer to it. So, yeah, I think it's all just to cover their own ass. It's so frustrating. Uh, I'd love to keep talking about this, but we are up against the clock here because I believe it's almost time for our guests. Have you got the connection there? Yes, I do. Yeah, hey, how's it going? <laughs> it's good. Good. Okay, this is Kevin and Sarah from Big Timber. Hi, guys. How are you? We're doing great. Good. Fabulous. So it's a big week. Season two of Big Timber premieres Thursday night. Oh, well, you know, we've been uh, making TV and, and doing our thing and all these guys tagging along and it's going to be good to see it on TV. It's, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. How, how does that start, by the way? How does that happen? Because I find so many professions, we don't know enough about them, right? We just take, um, you know, advantage every day of the things that we that we come across and purchase, but we really don't think about where it comes from. And you're kind of one of those fields maybe people don't know anything about. So did somebody approach you with a show idea like, hey, your life seems pretty interesting, and I don't think a lot of people know enough about it. Why don't we do a show like this? Like, how did it all begin? Well, the story's pretty long, actually. So um, um, let me see. Simply put, I sold my soul. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. All right. 
Kevin basically um, put together lots of videos over the years, and he's been behind the camera or behind the, uh, the film camera for since he was young. And uh, he searched out um, the show himself. Okay. okay, so you think to yourself, we've got this great show, and, and <clears throat> or we've got this great lifestyle, and we think it would make a good TV show. So you went to the networks and said, this has got to be on TV. Is that right? Yeah, sort of, in a, a roundabout route, but that is the eventual thing that happened, yeah. So I actually went to Banff World Media Festival in 2018 and presented it to a bunch of different people there and ended up... Uh, coming together with this deal we have right now. So it was uh, started, and, man, we're rolling with it. It's been good, and it's, it's a great show, and I really enjoy it. Yeah, it is a lot of fun, and I find the whole premise fascinating, to be honest with you. I mean, when do you guys film, and what is a typical day like for you when you're not filming? Is it very much like we see on the show? Actually, a lot of the stuff that happens, like, the show is there and the other half of the story never gets filmed because we're working and doing it. So it's, it's the, the show goes, it happens and things actually slow down quite a bit for TV. But when we're working, you know, we roll through problems, roll through actions, roll through people, roll through product. It, it's action, action, action all the time. And the show is sort of like a holiday. <laughs> wow. <laughs> for season two, they were here for three months. Uh, filming and so um, great crew to deal with and a great production company so we had a lot of fun and we've developed some real good bonds with them okay how how do you explain to someone who is a complete stranger what your show is and what you guys do for a living it's a lot of words you're saying why don't you just watch one of the programs it's just great <laughs> yeah hey thursday night we're on tv yes and what we look we do <laughs> we look forward to that. 10 o'clock, by the way, on History. Um, you can watch it on demand with Stack TV, Amazon Prime Video, the Global TV app. It's fantastic. And I keep, see, like, I keep, whenever I see any images of it, it does look dangerous. And that's one of the first words I'd say is it's so dangerous. Does that ever scare you? Or are you just, I mean, you've been doing this for so many years that you don't have too many worries about it now because you trust and you know what you're doing. Because it is a scary industry in that way, just in the danger aspect, right? You know, it, it scares me every day, but Kevin's been doing this uh, for his whole life, and uh, so he doesn't scare very easily, but I'll let him just speak to that. <laughs> well, I see lots of potential for problems, and so the thing is to cut them off at the past and uh, not have those problems. So you're always on, you've got to be on your toes all the time without a question, and if you're not, it, it's not the place to be. So you got to pay attention. There's, there's just no two ways about it, and safety is priority is the number one thing so you're always looking out for everybody around you're looking up yourself and uh before you start your job you're checking out the scene you know you're getting close you anticipate what might not work out and and let everybody know that i guess there there must be somewhat of a family aspect to this because i mean what we see on the show is is what we see on the show but you guys work together all year round your whole crew right yeah, it's a it's a great team that we've got. We usually have, uh, on average, about 11 employees, um, and family is part of that, uh, Kevin and I and Eric and Jack, and then uh, Coleman, who feels like part of the family. Uh, he just lives down the road from us. And we've brought in uh, nephew Jake, um, who's out of Banfield area, in doing the log salvaging in Barclay Sound. So he's been a great addition as well. 
But uh, there's lots of people out there that uh, we hire on a part-time basis as well um, to get the jobs done. But it, it is like a family. This is all year round or is this very seasonal work? What do you say? With action all year round because we, we constantly have to maintain a, a supply of logs so that we can cut lumber to keep our customers happy. So um, it, it, it's never, it doesn't stop. No, we keep rolling. We've got to keep doing things. We've got to plan for the winter, plan for the spring, plan for the summer. Know when our business is going to be more busy and, and keep our you know, things together so that we can keep things rolling properly. Give us uh, one or two things in particular this season, season two of Big Timber, that people should specifically be watching out for. Well, we've got lots of things uh, coming up that'll be big surprises, um, one of which I already said was uh, his birthday surprise. But we have some, we're going out onto the big ocean and uh, there's pirates and there's bounty. Oh, well, pirates, I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I admit I'm a little intrigued at this point. Hey, thank you guys so much for your time. Really appreciate uh, checking out the show. Everybody should do that Thursday, October 14th, 10 p.m. on History. And as I mentioned, you can watch On Demand, Stack TV, through Amazon Prime Video. Global TV app has it, too. Uh, Thank you so, so much for your time, Kevin and Sarah. Thanks for having us. It was great. Have a great day. I wonder if they ever travel and they must get recognized now because the show is carried in various places around the world i wonder if they ever travel and just have people stop them and say this tree what do you think should i get rid of that what do you think, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> how much for this though like that's not as big as the ones in your show like the ones in your show are really big so like if you if i just want to cut this down like it'll come do it cheap right <laughs> <laughs> and on that we will say thank you for listening to this edition of after nine everybody we've got another brand new episode coming out tomorrow morning in the meantime hit subscribe and tell a friend about after nine columbus day used to be kind of a fun holiday well no somebody went through his old tweets (laughs) let's just say he will not be hosting jeopardy anytime soon indigenous people's day by the way will be observed simultaneously with columbus day and uh, this just in columbus day has forced indigenous people's day to move to a worse day Florida police discovered a meth lab on the 15th floor of a luxury condo building, which in Florida is something they list in the brochure. It's Daniel Craig's last movie as James Bond. Now that it's over, he'll be driven to a farm upstate to roam free with all the other former James Bonds. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.